Hey there, and welcome back to Positive Music Podcast by music fans for music fans. We're your hosts, Matt and Jeff, a father-son music-loving duo. Today's episode, we got a little bit of fun coming at you guys. We have some new albums released. Uh, I did three. Jeff's got four. He's beat me out again. That's not fair. I got to beat him next week. That's all I know. Uh, then we have some albums that we brought again this week. Um, I think I gave him a good one. We'll see what happens. Uh and then after that, we also have a special guest on this week. We have Brent with us today. Yeah, so Brent, Hi, why, Brent. Don't you, why, Hello. why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, six years old, so I'm kind of an older guy. <laughs> um, hey, no. Come on now. But I've uh, you know, enjoyed music pretty much all my life. I know it's kind of what everybody might say, but um, I just remember uh, kind of like getting into it. My brother... I have an older brother that always would quiz me about bands and listening to music. So he'd always play something and he's like, do you know who this is? And so um, <laughs> just kind of building that up over time. It's like, I've kind of uh, developed an ear for listening and trying to figure out, Oh, that voice is this, or this style of music is this. So, um, but I just think as um, I have an older sister too. And so my influences are from them kind of going back from the eighties forward Um Musical taste is pretty diverse, kind of like everything from classical to um, primarily, I would say, like uh, new wave punk music uh, from the 80s. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know, just enjoyed a lot of stuff. I do like listening to 89.3 The Current because they have a lot of interesting bands that pop up there. Mm-hmm. So as far as contemporary music, that's where I get my contemporary music from. Um, but other than that, I mainly listen to like 80s, 90s music. And awesome. one of your one of your picks this week really stumped me for the voice, and then I had to look it up to see who it was because I knew the voice, but I couldn't pick, figure out who it was. But we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because you actually did it to me. <laughs> you know, Brent and I go back. We're probably thirty some years now. Yeah, uh, probably since probably toward the end of high school, and then on from there. Yep. Uh, yep. Here, there's a group of four of us that well, a total of five together. So Brent is uh, is number three <laughs> on the show. Come on. So oh really? Well, yep. Three is a perfect number. I'm the third of three. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, one of your one of your albums gave me a gave threw me for a loop. I had no idea who they were until I had to look them up and and figure it out. And it, it, there there are some interesting things about that album that we'll talk about that I kind of dug up a little bit. Okay. Hmm. Cool. So I'm, I'm glad I provide uh, some interest. Yeah. You know, it was kind of fun. I I'm very happy with your picks this week, by the way, I really? haven't had a very good week like this in a long time. So. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to uh, deliver. It was fun. All right. Yeah. So, so you, Hey Matt, you want me to start with new releases? Yeah, since or? you got, you got four. Why don't you start it off? All right. Well, first of all, I, I we haven't been on for a couple of weeks, so I had to go we back. We missed one week. That's what I said. A couple weeks, a couple and our, you know, our listeners, week. our listeners were letting me know that they didn't have a podcast to listen to on Monday morning. So, <laughs> uh, so oh, we yeah, got a little great for listeners. Yep. yep, that's right. So, anyway, so I had to go back to. I think this was on March fourth. I did two releases from March fourth. I did two releases from March eleventh. So the ones on March fourth. Uh, the first uh, album is "Things Are Great" by a band called Band of Horses. Oh, you did that uh, one. Okay. I did. 
Um, you know, it's uh, one of those things that I didn't uh, I didn't know the band. I don't know the band, uh, but I read a little bit of the bio. They were they're based out of Seattle. They formed in 2004. I thought, well, shouldn't be so bad. It's a lot uh, interesting. somber, isn't it? Yeah, it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, not a fan at first. However, the second time listening through it this morning, uh, quite a bit different. I actually think, Matt, you would like this one. I, I know Band of Horses. I know them mainly for their song, The Funeral, which is, you know, their massive song that they have with mm-hmm. 291 million plays. Um, I know them from that. I saw this. I didn't get around to it. There was two albums that I didn't want. I didn't get to listening to this one and probably one that you're going to talk about later because I know you like that band as well. But yep. yeah, this is this is something that I am definitely going to have to listen to. Right. And, you know, honestly, they have a, a few more followers than I actually expected them to have. They're about 2.7 million at this point on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, very unique sound mix of new age pop from the 80s with a little indie pop uh, artist of today. If you want something a little bit different, give this one a, a try. Uh, warning signs, crutch in need of repair and lights. So I picked four songs. Wow. Off that album. I actually gave it a six out of 10. I, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Wow. A couple of crappy ones, but for the most part, um, a little bit something different. So I think uh, I should probably pull that album up. Yeah. I was going to uh, say, do you want to play something off this album? Yeah. I was going to say, I'd like to play something on this. You, you had four so, of them. Um, I should probably get that ready to go, huh? Yeah. Geez. You're lagging over you know, here. I did this last time too. I know uh let's let's do a little bit of uh crutch crutch seems to be the biggest uh player on this uh, album at 3.6 million so we'll play crutch by band of horses Brent, you might actually like that too. It's kind of got more of an '80s new age feel to it. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say that does sound very, uh, very '80ish new yeah. wave kind of mm-hmm. sound to it. So, yeah, no, so it's called the good. band is called Band of Horses. Huh. Band of Horses. So yeah, you gotta check. That's one of the cool things about doing some of these new releases. So, for instance, if I don't have any bands that I can pick right out, I'll kind of flip through it and just willy nilly give it a try. And sometimes I come across one that i really like and others i completely don't like but for the most part it's something different and it gets me out of my wheelhouse and into something different so yeah, yeah. no definitely that's variety is the spice of life there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> all right man give us your next one uh, so i have the king vaughn album what it means to be king uh this is from rapper king vaughn i think he's from the uh, the new york scene uh, uh this is tough no i chicago my bad chicago side uh from oblock so that's my, by uh chief keith level stuff but uh this is very long 19 tracks 48 minutes and it pushes you uh there's some songs on here that are okay um there's some songs on here that did not need to be included for sure and there are some songs where i wanted to skip it uh, There's a lot of short stuff on here, like a minute 38, minute 45. That is, yeah, that's the new rap scene era to do uh, things it, like this. Is that speed rap? No, it's it's what we would consider to be trap rap or mumble rap. 
um, those kind of two areas. Uh, the way over the, my head. Yeah, uh, FaceTime with G Herbal was okay. Uh, don't play that with 21 Savage was good. And Rich Gangsta with T Grizzly was good. Basically, anybody that had a feature on this album was good. Anything else sucked. So King Von kind of sucks without a feature is what I kind of am learning. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't care for it. I'm not coming back to it. This is a solid two out of ten. It, it's oh, just, shit. There's wow. so much bad to it that wow. the, the three songs that I named were the only things that stood out. And for 19 songs, only three of them are successfully in my eyes. That's a terrible album. And wow. yeah, I, I don't want to deal with that. I was pushed hard this week when it came to listening. And this was one of them. Uh, I don't want to come back to this. But for a song that I enjoy. Or is it worth not Yeah, playing? do you want to play Don't Play That with 21 Savage and King Von? I don't pay that. I fuck that bitch with a latex. I did a drill with a face, man. I wash my hand with the Ajax. I don't pay that. I don't pay that. I don't pay that. I don't pay that. Hold on, hold on. Lay down. I like that girl from the waist down. I don't think that we should waste time. I don't think I should have played that. Don't play that. Yeah. You're telling me what to do. Don't play hey, that. At least there's protection. That's the best thing about it. There is protection. Okay. Oh. Um, Ouch. Yeah. That being the best one on the album is saying something because that wasn't great either uh, so so if i were you uh i'd avoid that at all costs yeah but it sounds like it yeah all right now i'm gonna get to my worst one of the week okay which is a i so i came across another band called cloud cult i never looked at them i looked at the bios hey they're from st cloud minnesota 70 miles from where i'm at gotta give them a try the minnesota band okay uh, Nope. Uh, you know, I was really hopeful that I'd hear something like maybe like a semi-sonic from the old days of Trip Shakespeare up in St. Cloud. I started getting that vibe right away, and then it went downhill really fast. Huh. It's just unfortunately, it's not for me. It's I it's thumbs long, just like yours was. I'm at 12 songs, but just under 55 minutes for 12 songs. It's like, um, no, I just, I couldn't get into it. I tried it a second time, still didn't get into it. So Yikes. it's a, it's a three out of 10 for me. I don't even think I want to play anything on it. It's terrible. It was just, it, it was, you could listen to it. It was just not great. It was nothing just impactful, huh? nothing, nothing that stood out. I mean, there was absolutely nothing that stood out, but there was a lot of songs that I didn't really completely hate. It was just, ugh. it was just there. So the, 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 the band is Cloud Cult, Cloud, Cloud, Cloud Cult, and the album is Metamorphosis. Interesting. Yeah. Metamorphosis. Yeah, they just, yeah. And I'd love to see Minnesota bands do well, just this one wasn't very good. And maybe their other stuff was better, but this one sucked. So. Fair enough. All right. Um, What's your next one? I have another trap rapper with the artist Lil Durk uh, and the album 7220. Uh, another Chicago rapper. Uh, another dud. That's the simplest way to put it. Another 17 songs, 45 yeah. minutes. They are so long. I don't understand why these rappers are feeling the need to put massive albums out. Well, when because they don't they're only two and three put... minutes long, so they got to fill it up. 
And uh, it's so bad. I mean, there are features on this that are, you know, bigger names. You have Future, you have Gunna, you have Summer Walker, and you have the country artist Morgan Wallen. Why is rap and country crossing over so much lately? I don't get it. I don't like it. Yeah, it did it earlier and in, in with Rock with Aerosmith and mm-hmm. Anthrax and I sure don't a couple like this combo. I think it's shitty. I'm just telling you straight up. You had the Florida Georgia line with who was it? Nelly Ti, one of those early two thousands R Who was the other big one with Little Nas X? Oh, uh, Little Nas X and Billy, Billy Ray, Ray Cyrus. Cyrus. That one actually went decently. I like see, that. That's song. the problem. They There's, see that. That's what they're trying to recreate by I, doing that. Yeah, and they see that success. magic. But I mean, you're looking at this. It, it's called Broadway Girls. Uh, there is 56 million plays on that song. So and it's, it's mostly not, because of Morgan Wallen. Yeah, pretty much. Because Lil Durk is Lil Durk is pretty big. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's got 21 million monthly listeners. Uh, that's a lot. That yeah. For, uh, but you look at it on his top five. Uh, three of oh, them the features. are features. Yep, one of them is the Morgan Wallen song, and one is a solo song. So it's not like he's getting a lot of plays because it's him. He's getting a lot of plays because other artists like what he's doing and they bring them in. He can't successfully find music on his own. You're seeing the same thing that happened with um, King Von. There are artists that are good. They have good style, good flow, a good understanding of a beat. They can't do it by themselves. And that's what you're seeing now in rap too, which is starting to kind of upset me is you're seeing more artists have like we talked about it like a week or two ago where mm-hmm. there was an, a, rap, a rap album that had like 18 songs or something like that. 15 of them had a feature on it. I don't get it anymore. Like I, I understand, but I want these artists to also be successful on their own. Um, so I, I know, know Brent, I know Brent's probably not into the rap scene so much. <laughs> not, not today. I mean, back late eighties, nineties, Different yeah. Rap scene. yeah but but you, and you have okay yeah. so have you ever heard of the person little dirk little dirk dirk nope nope but nope. yet he he is ranked 159th in the world on spotify plays it blows my mind <laughs> how is that even i mean the problem is you and i are not the average i mean i am now but for the most part our age does not listen to to uh, spotify unless you're heavily into music and there's very few of us that are, mm-hmm. but we have right. music that play all the time. It's just you let somebody else dictate who and what they're playing. Yeah, because you know, you're not, you grew up in the era of radio. Match generation and younger playlists are on Spotify 24 7. They just don't get off of it. Yeah, see, so, that, that amazes me because, yeah, because most of the stuff, I mean, like, again, even today, I listen to the radio. So I'm going to work, coming from work in my car, going to places, you know, or I'll, you know like you mentioned i listen to youtube and stuff too but yeah as far as like my taste and stuff goes i'm not gonna know you know who that uh group is or person as you just mentioned because i don't i'm not on spotify i'm not tracking like where they rank why are they popular who they're doing right. stuff with so mm-hmm. but okay but somebody that's 159th in the world you think you've been heard of them by now right, right. and i and, and nope. you don't <laughs> not yeah. a clue yeah, it is. Right. It's weird. Um, do you want to play the song Broadway Girls with Morgan Wallen? Obviously, it's the most popular. Um, I don't like Morgan Wallen in a nutshell, but Julia just went to go see him, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, 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 
Honestly, Matt, that wasn't terrible. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, I was gonna say, watching you guys' faces, you guys are brightening up a little bit more and more. Um, also, you know, it's it's. I mean, you basically put Morgan Wallen's voice in front of a beat. Yeah. Also, if you look at the tracks, seventeen tracks, sixteen of them have explicit titles on them. Except Which for one that doesn't? One. The radio pushed Broadway Girls. Right. It's it's meant for radio. It's meant for getting plays. It's you know. And it's getting plays at 56 million plays. It was released as a single. I know that for sure. It hmm. wasn't like obviously released right away on the album. Um, yep. That was released in the end of 2021. So it's hmm. been out for a couple months already. All right. But, so my, yeah. so what'd you give that one? Yeah, that's a three. Ooh. I'm just ready to move on from this week, man. Oh, you have some tough ones. Yeah. It's about time you actually got some stinkers. Yeah, it was tough. I always get the stinkers. You get the good ones. Well, they're not good anyway. But yeah, all right, know. so <laughs> so the releases of this week. So now I'm into my 311 releases. Which one do you think I did, Matt? Uh, oh, Ghost. Of course, I did. Ghost. I, I saw that and I was like, oh, Jeff's doing that one for sure. <laughs> I was like, Which I want to do it too because I actually enjoy Ghost. But it, and it is it's it's interesting. Um, so uh, Ghost is a Swedish rock band that I became a fan of back in 2018 with the release oh, of rats with rats and yes. uh, what was the other uh, oh. anyway long story but so timmy and i went we were out friday afternoon because i had friday off and so timmy and i were uh, on our way to a golf simulator and i had a little bit of time to kill so we stopped in at down in the valley which is a record store in golden valley and because it was kind of kind of in the area we were in so i said well let's just go down there I haven't been to that store and uh, let's just go in and see what they got. As we go in, we're walking around and I was listening and they were playing the new ghost album and I didn't even know it. So, I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> I could pick it out, but I figured that's what the one, that was what they were playing. So sure enough, I had came back and listened to it later on that day. So, um, you know, you know, <laughs> they are a very interesting band. They're tough. I, they could be tough. I want to, I want to call them a modern day sticks. Um, they're very musical theater ish. Um, there is, there is one weird, um, I want to call it an interlude to the song. That's, uh, probably the one that was released, which isn't the greatest song in there. Um, but the interlude is, is, uh, it's a, it's a minute and 20 some seconds of pipe organ. And I'm huh. like, huh? all right and then it goes into the next song and it starts out something different for about another 40 seconds and then the heavy thrash metal kicks in um that was a that was weird um and i i guess i i come to expect that with this band because uh they they are a very unique band have you seen Um, how they uh their costumes for performing that's another question yeah, so they're basically made for, based on the album's theme. Yeah, so I have not seen this ones yet. I've However, either. they do like wearing makeup. They do like dressing in costumes. Um, one was like a dead pope with an upside down cross on his head. Yeah, it's they're they're characters. They're very kind of very very weird. I enjoy it. It it is different. So the first time through this one. 
it was a little tough. However, the second time through, I was like, okay, all right, I get that. And I actually did add two of the songs to my favorites list. Wow. So it is, uh, it's a Kaiser run and call me little sunshine. <laughs> um, darkness of my heart. See, darkness at the heart of my love is a cool ballad toward the end of the album. Um, it happens to be after that weird interlude in the song twenties, but uh, it, it was a very strange. Um, I, I don't quite know if I like it better than prequel or not. Okay. Um, I do own prequel on vinyl. I'm not quite sure about this one yet. I'm going to give it a couple more tries through just to see. Oh, oh there's your alarm. Yeah. No, or it's not my alarm, but that's your, your, your sister, call. your sister calling. Ah, she's uh, probably so, driving home. Yeah. I don't know where she's at, but no. I, I have a funny feeling this will make it to my top of 2022 list. I was not surprised. I listened to I, a couple I did, of tracks. I did, however, only give it a seven right now, just because there's some weird stuff to it, and I'm not quite sure where it's gonna go. So I am gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of Call Me Little Sunshine, because I'm assuming we weren't playing anything off of your little dirk. We did. Oh, did play Morgan Wallen. Oh, forget it. I'm I'm a, I'm a, yeah, okay. You're just on. out of it. Yeah, threw me for a loop. Call me little sunshine. bit of it there toward the end but uh, call me a little sunshine from ghost yeah i have to go back and listen to that yeah i knew i knew i was gonna like it uh, i liked it <laughs> it's 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 kind of it's it's a lot darker than the last one I'm okay last one that, was dark yeah. this one's darker fair enough but, it, but then it's got some weird ones i again it's just i i can't explain it but then again i'm not supposed to because i don't think they want us to i think they want us to keep you guessing that's kind of their forte that's what they usually are yeah musical theater it's really hard um like a dream theater uh yes i mean if you if you they're definitely going to be a prog rock type band but with a little twist fair enough yeah i'll go give it a listen figure i'm gonna like it and i just didn't yet Um, all right what is your last one for the week all right so i went three for three with rap i didn't realize i picked three rap albums but the last (laughs) the last one i did was snot which is dollar sign not you know because you have to be a little fun, a little different, but it's not. Uh, this is another one where it, it's 14 tracks, 35 minutes, so it's a little shorter. Uh, there's an intro and an outro, so it kind of just ties the album together kind of nicely. So you're really sitting looking at about 12 tracks. Ethereal? Ethereal? Yeah, Ethereal. Ethereal. Um, fuck, this one's fun. I uh, I really like this one. This is a, uh, we would call them a cloud rap era kind of rap style. Yeah, um, so you'll learn a lot more things just listening to this lappy so yeah, yeah so, like, i'm already getting uh, so yeah, so cloud rap stuff cloud rap comes from the app soundcloud that's another music sharing platform right i heard that but yep. you don't really have to have rights to release music on there so you have artists like um it was Lil pump you had like ski mask the slump god you had xxx tentacion you had a bunch of these artists come massive exactly. Okay, uh, XXX Tentacion uh, just has, he just passed Drake as the most played album on Spotify currently. 
of all time with his album question mark that you hated but there are what three songs over a billion plays and a bunch of plays but this is coming from the the soundcloud era style sound um and so wow this is another one that has uh, a lot of big features on it though uh asap rocky you have trippy red you have kevin abstract the uh front man for brock hampton you have juicy j you have Joey Badass, um, which I, I love Joey Badass. Once I listened to this album, I went back and listened to a Joey Badass album, uh, All American, <laughs> uh, just because I love Joey Badass. But this album is fun. Um, I've been listening to Joja ever since it came out on a single about three or four weeks ago on repeat, basically. I love that song to death. That is probably going to be one of my favorite songs that come out this year. And this album continues on that. Uh, Blue Moon with Teddy Jones. She is a phenomenal um, vocalist that I was able to really pull that album together. Uh, I think the Kevin Abstract song is really nice. The Juicy J song is fun. Joey Badass always carries. This is a good album. This is something that I already listened to in the three in the what two weeks that it's been out. I think three or four times. <laughs> so this is something I have already come back to and I'm going to come back to over and over. Um, this is a solid. Uh, I'm teetering between seven and eight. I'm just going to say seven and a half. Uh, this is seven and a half. This is fun. Um, yeah, if you enjoy anything in the cloud rap era, even just uh, like more like softer rap, just more chill rap kind of sound. This is good. This is really good. <laughs> yeah, chill uh, rap. That's all I need. Yeah, Bed- do you, I need do bedroom you wanna... pop and chill. Bedroom pop and chill rap. And I sorry. love bedroom pop. Don't even get me started with artists like Claro. Brent, you listen to the eighty nine three. Do you know who Claro is? Maybe. I okay she's she's them. pretty big around like yeah okay in in the the current stage i think she did a lot on like indie stuff like that but yeah right, what am i please, playing man please please play doja i love that song so much <laughs> why these niggas talking fucking shit i, I told them pipe down now need no little bitch i fuck that bitch they doja cat pull up in a scat pack windows pinning all black bulletproof and all that Wow, we should have put a little warning on that one there, Matt. Yeah, that, I forgot that that one. <laughs> wow, kind of just, uh, it gets aggressive quick. I love you that think? song to death. No. I I don't know what it is. I think it's the beat Jeez. with that. I think it's the beat with that haunting sound underneath it, but just the aggressiveness overcoming top of it. And then uh, ASAP Rocky comes in later and absolutely murders it as well. I love that song. Wow. <laughs> I love I mean, you completely set up my next album because Uh-oh. this album I did was more for you than oh. me. Oh no. This is a band from your childhood. Did, did you look at the list? I looked at Spotify. I didn't look at did the who can I know you were playing something before I got on and I recognized the songs. You were listening to what rock versions of the Wiggles? The Wiggles released a new album this week called Rewiggled. <laughs> now, I did no. this. Okay. So, Matt, I want you to explain your fascination with the Wiggles when you were a kid. Because oh, this I, is funny. I, I don't know why, but I love the Wiggles. Uh, I think that it was, it was very catchy. It caught my eye as a kid. And the songs, repetitive, stuck in your head. They were fantastic. Fruit salad, uh, hot potato, mashed banana. Come on. Yep. Like, it's fantastic. It'll keep in your head and it'll, it'll stay there. Uh, I even did uh, 
Well, we had a talent show in our little cul-de-sac neighborhood when I was a kid. And I performed fruit salad uh, as a three-year-old, I think. Yep. Fruit I salad, yummy, it. yummy. I killed it. <laughs> I've seen videos. I killed it. Uh, that's, that's, I don't know. I just love the Wiggles as a kid. And that, I was like, why are you listening to the Wiggles? This makes sense now. I did not see that they had a album come out. So this primarily started out as a joke. However, <laughs> your mom and I were sitting in there and listening to it, and we were laughing hysterically. This is a two-CD album. It is over almost an hour and a half. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to, and we were having the time of our lives listening to this. So what I, I'm going to preference this in saying that you you as a fan of the Wiggles back in the kid, you will yeah. get a kick out of this as an adult. Okay, so the first CD is all of the Wiggles hits done as cover songs by other artists. Huh. Okay. So it's not the Wiggles singing their own songs. Stella Donnelly? Okay. Now look at the second album. Second album is cover songs done by the Wiggles. <laughs> and look at some of the songs. The Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh my God, that was the best one on struck shipping up to Boston? What are we, what? Praise You from Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> uh, they did, they did, uh, She's a Rainbow from the Beatles. Umbrella, which is Rihanna, I believe. Yeah, on, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, which is Queen. Elephant, which... Okay, so Brand New Key, we had a lot of fun with this one. I, I didn't know what Brand New Key was. Um, it was done by a, a gal by the name of Melanie. And it's, and it's I got a brand new pair of roller skates. Yeah. And a bunch I of other. Yep, exactly. That was that yep. song. Okay. So now it, it's done as the Wiggles version. So. Fuck, I got to listen to this. The funny thing is, this is awesome. I swear to God. I don't, it's not my best one of the week. I still gave it a six and a half for a freaking Wiggles album. <laughs> it's so fun. I was, we were laughing our ass off. <laughs> oh my God. I have to give this a listen. Oh, and it's, it's great. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know which song to play because they're, they're all weird. <laughs> it's just so great. I want to hear shipping up to Boston. Can you play that one? I can. I yeah, we I'm can do curious. that one. Hang on. I'm curious about that one. <laughs> oh my god, this has been great. Hold on. That's fantastic. Well, wait until I play. I got to play a little Bohemian Rhapsody because it's awesome. Go ahead. Okay, hold on. Because this is great. You got to listen to this whole thing. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. Just a poor boy. Oh, 
what in the world did I just listen to? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> You're just shocked. I, this is about as fun of an album as I've had in a long time. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That's I, it's 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 very horrifying, but it's just funny as hell. <laughs> Oh my god! And praise you is actually funny too. I mean, it just oh, thunderstruck. Oh my god, that one's that one's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> wow! I'm sorry, this is great. I, this started out as a joke, and it's really not a joke anymore because it's really pretty good. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, it was just oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, you got to check it out. It's called Rewiggled. It's from the Wiggles. If you want a good humor, a good sense of humor, go listen to that one. It's fun. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you brought us an album. I did. Uh, when I first saw this, you texted it to me, and I went, <laughs> I'm sorry, you, what? It's um, called, the, the band is called The Hooters. Yeah. The, the album is Nervous Night. Which is, you know, their, their biggest album. Uh, yep, by far. Yeah, it's either that or it's their, you know, Second super one. hits. Yeah. You're basically getting those two. But now, Brent, this is yeah. more, I, I would say this is more when you and Jeff were younger. Did oh, you definitely. listen to the Hooters at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, do you know what a Hooter is? Like <laughs> an owl? No. Or like like the, the place Hooters named after something. So or, or a female body part. Yeah, well, that's what I uh, we could go down that path, but actually it is a musical instrument. It is. And what a hooter is and what the band is named after is it's, it's like a mandolin or whatever that thing is called. Well it's it's, it's a keyboard. So it's like oh, it you, is. It's a musical instrument, but you blow through it. It's almost like a giant uh harmonica, but it has a keyboard associated with it. So if you look at their uh, video day by day in the very beginning of it mm -hmm. i believe it's day by day they actually show a guy playing a hooter hmm. so when you listen through the album in the songs that is kind of behind it or in it so it's when, when i gave matt the album i don't think he knew what he was getting into <laughs> well i didn't i did not so when you saw the hooters like what was your first thought Oh, it went straight away to the restaurant. I was like, why did the restaurant make an album and why are you giving it to me? No, they got, you know, they got songs like uh, Buffalo Wings and Cheddar Stick, Cheese Sticks. And because and I saw whatever. it and I was like, why? Okay. Like, I, I felt like I knew it wasn't the, the restaurant Hooters. But I was like, oh, is this, is this Hooters? Like, that's, that was, that was my first thought. And then, um, I gave it a listen, and, and the first song, and we danced. And I'm like, okay, I've heard this song, I know what this is, but I was just, I was caught off guard. Right. Uh, well, I mean, this this band, I mean, really got the benefit of MTV. I mean, without MTV, I don't think they would have been as big as they were. Because the name? Uh, no, I just think uh, the videos were good. Uh, with the, and we danced, and um, hang on, I got to pull up the whole album list because. I mean, I actually sat and listened to it again today, so I was having fun with it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I didn't mind it. No, it's a it's a great album. It's there, there's not a bad song on it. That is a lie. 
they're oh whatever. <laughs> but I mean, and all you zombies is another good song in there. Um, day by day was fun. Hanging on a heartbeat's fun. I think all you zombies was their first release from that uh, album. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is slightly more played than "And We Dance" by about a about a, uh, about a million plays. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. All you zombies is at twenty-one million, and "And We Dance" is at twenty. So. And everything else is, you know, a couple of them are hanging right around one million, two million, and everything else is under five hundred thousand. So. So they are definitely a singles band, but I actually like this album a lot. I do own it. I would put these guys somewhere in the. Okay, so how I explain how the Hooters fit into my my genre of listening because they really don't. Um, <laughs> it was really a you know it came out in 1985. I was 14 years old. I mean, I was glued to MTV because you know whenever you could get the chance, you had MTV on because cable was like a premium back then. And yep. you found somebody's house that had freaking cable, you were there watching MTV for hours upon end. Um, you know, and they came at the right time, right place, right time. You know, right in the middle of my glam metal hair days. Uh, nice change of pace. Uh, but I was also at that time dabbling in new age pop, getting my, you know, kind of getting my foot where I, with music genres I liked. So this was my middle ground between, say, Depeche Mode and Rat. You know, you've got one end of the spectrum. You got the other end of the spectrum. Hooters comes in the middle. They get a little bit of rock and roll. Not so much the new age, but... Say so, they're almost rock pop in a sense, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But you know, again, they were more of a MTV band. So, you know, uh, I don't think without without MTV they wouldn't be as big as they are today. But no. they're, they're 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 a big band, and it was fun. So, I don't know. It was like, interesting. You know, yeah, to I mean, say the I, least. I mean, I know Brent likes this stuff, and I I kind of played right into Brent's wheelhouse a little bit. So it was about the same time as some of the other albums he gave us. So I knew that he would be okay with this one. And I wasn't going to throw him off a little bit too much on this one. I no. thought maybe I might've, might've tricked him a little bit, but then he was nice enough to text me. Oh yeah. I was thought about putting that album on my top list. I was like, all right, well, that was a, that was a easy one to give Brent. So <laughs> that's fair. It is. So anyway, that was kind of my pick of it. And that's why I picked that one. It's just, it just it just came at the right time for me when I was a kid and and it's always it stuck with me again I own it on vinyl so it's it is one of my heavily played albums yeah I was gonna uh, piggyback off that a little bit but I, I think it's interesting because I think either my brother or my sister I think my brother had a tape of this and so it's like listening to it in the car mm-hmm. or whatever rather than even you know an album you know that's it's kind of interesting to think of how that medium is totally gone, but like how prevalent it was in the eighties and like, right. You know, if you wanted to listen to something, you know, that's what you put it in your car, you know, you went, you know, to and from and it's. Uh, right. Well, cause sets were a lot smaller than eight tracks, but still gave you that tape sound, which. Right. Good and bad. Well, right. You know, over time it wore out. Right. I mean, that was the problem with, with tapes that, you know, the, it would bog down essentially, or your tape would get caught and get eaten by your uh, tape player. <laughs> so, right. And then you had to wind it with the pencil to get it back to, so that yep. you could play it again. And then when it got to the bad part of it, and then yep. back yep. to the rest of it. Yep. You could see the nice crease in there and everything it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. And then CDs came along. I was like, oh my God, you know, that was fairly indestructible, but you could use them as Frisbees too. So, well, that's what they told you at first, right? You could like right. basically do anything you wanted to, you could set on fire and still play, but, but apparently not. If you scratch them, you just can't play it. So, right. It's so they're still, skipping. you could still just, as long as you took care of them, they would last forever. Exactly. But but most of the time, kids don't take care of shit. So it don't matter. Right. So, so they get destroyed. And then you have to go and buy a new one. Right. But then the same thing with cassettes. You just go buy a new one. Right. Well, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember they have like cassette singles? Oh, yeah. Cassingles. Yeah. So they like call them cassingles. Yeah. Yeah. So cassette they, singles. So you didn't have to actually go out and buy a whole album. You could actually just get that song. Right. Which is kind of a weird which concept. It is. No different than a 45, other than, well, you still had to take it out and flip it over if, unless you had fancy auto reverse at the time and then it would just play one side and then the other side right yeah right. you'd have to flip it over that, that was technology right at That's some right. point it, yeah exactly it out how to you know go the opposite way exactly so hmm. so yeah no i liked your choice it was like you said played into my wheelhouse at least so matt would you give that one uh it was a four you suck just go away it, you, ha I think that there was two songs that I actually enjoyed, and the two um, popular ones. No, it was "And We Danced" and "Day by Day." I didn't care for "All You Zombies." I've heard it before. I didn't care for it. Wow. Um, where do children go? It, it just seemed like it was forced. Um, this album seemed like it was. They're called nowadays. They're called industry plants, where they were made just to be successful by the industry. That is what the Hooters is to me. They're an industry plant. Mm, and so, I mean, yeah, they had some catchy hits, but basically those, those one or two or three catchy hits sold the album and that's all they needed. Well, you know, the funny thing was, is you were kind of right. Mm -hmm. So the two leads, the two lead guys, Rob Hyman and Eric uh, Bazillion. Yeah. Actually did play as session artists. For Cindy Lauper, Joan Osborne, um, and their producer, which is um, the one that produced this one, was uh, Rick Chertoff, who yep. actually co-wrote Cindy Lauper's "Time by Time" or "Time Time After Time." Wow, that's a big song. And actually, I should say, co-wrote it with the lead singer of the Hooters. <laughs> so he's got some writing credits too. So you're right. It, it was kind of an industry plant. I wouldn't call it a plant so much that it was basically like another Toto. Uh, good session artists get together, make a band, put out a few albums, make some money, get a couple, get a, get a record deal, make some money. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of go they're back to doing what they were doing before. Very much is what Toto was. Toto was formed with uh, session artists just like this was. Interesting. Okay. So you, you were kind of on the right path. But they still put out some good music. So, but it wasn't right. it wasn't atypical for that time, though. I think they were no. right in that sound. You know, don't you think? So, no, and, and again, one of your that same the same um, record that I was referring to earlier, uh, Brent's. They are another. There was another first on that that happened that didn't know about either. So we'll talk about that too. There's there's a lot of interesting uh, background on that one album. So. <laughs> All right, so Matt also brought us John Bellion, The Human Condition. Yes, this is... Uh, One of Matt's favorites. The, I've seen him in concert, what, three or four times now? Um, 
And on this album tour, he did three legs of a tour. So he went around going to bigger and bigger venues the more at times this album got traction. I saw him at the first leg and the third leg. The only time I didn't see him was because I was moving into college my freshman year. Um, otherwise, I would have been at that concert as well. Um, John Bellion is what I would consider to be a uh, Chris Stapleton of sorts. When I tell you okay. the songs that he is, okay. has writing credits for, you will be astonished. Ready? Okay. Uh, Memories by Maroon 5. It's currently sitting at 1.5 billion plays on Spotify. He wrote that song. Uh, the Monster by Eminem and Rihanna. Hmm. Writing credits for that song. 700 million plays. Holy by Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper. Um, Trumpets by Jason Derulo. Uh, okay. Miley, Miley Cyrus and Dua Lipa's Prisoner sitting at 475 million plays. Uh, two more Justin Bieber songs off of his most recent album. Uh, Camilla Cabela's Liar. Halsey's Graveyard. Beautiful Now by Zed. Katy Perry's Daisies. Um, Quinn 92's Stacy. Uh, so yeah, you would you would call John Bellion the Chris Stapleton of the. I don't want to call it rap world, but what do you want to call it? You see, he fits in a weird spot where it's he it's does. almost rap, it's almost pop, but it fits in between both. And um, on his YouTube, he also produces all of his beats, so you can watch his. Uh, on this one, he had a uh, YouTube documentary series where he shows the making of this album and making of each and every song and how he found what he liked and went with it. Uh, this man is talented through and through. Um, and the only other, he has two features on this album with Black Keys and Travis Mendez, both good friends from him when he was growing up. That's, that's literally what it is. He just brings with his friends and family. And um, even the woman vocalist that you hear on this is his sister. Uh, who's really? just a nurse in New York, but said John said he needed a uh, female. So that's on like artist. '80s films. I like that song. Mm -hmm. He needed a female vocal artist, so he brought his sister in because he knew that she could kill it. And so he just uh, just brings in family and friends that he knows that he likes to work with and produce fantastical albums. And I wouldn't uh, call this an EDM, but it's kind of borderline. It is. There's a lot of electronic influence on it as well. There is. It's it's very genre bending. To, because yeah, you that's hear, a good way to put it because it really doesn't song. fit. You could hear it one song and be like a rap song, and then the next one it's like uh, almost an EDM sound, and the next one is like a soft pop ballad almost. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really fit anywhere. Mm -mm. But but John is so talented, and his live shows are even better because he's sitting up on stage mixing and mastering his own beats to changing it up. He brings out nice large percussion and plays the drums. He plays every single instrument that you're hearing pretty much. It is nuts. And he is such a fun person and a kind person too. Like anytime you talk to him, he's one of the nicest people you'll meet. I, I literally cannot praise John Bellion enough. This man is fantastic. Well, it's one of your better ones. I still, I mean, not my favorite, but it still wasn't terrible. I'll tell you that. Hmm. I'll take I swear it. to God, I've heard this one before, but you've heard all time low. Probably. It no, was, I heard eighties films. Really? Yeah, I, I, I recognize the song, but I don't know if that's something you made me listen to. I probably made you listen to it, but because I gave you an earlier album or uh, earlier in the podcast, I gave you a different album of his. I gave you uh, oh, Glory Sound Prep, and we listened to it on vinyl. That's the the blue vinyl that I had that we listened to together. 
Okay. So that so you've heard John before, right? But I swear it, I've heard that song, but I don't I don't know if it was through here or something else. So oh, <clears throat> what was your thought on this one, Brent? This is this is a little outside of your. I'm getting used to it now because I've been doing this for, you know, what is this episode 52 or something stupid like that? Something like that. Yeah. So I'm getting used to Matt's stuff and I'm, I, I, I mean, sometimes I can, I can get through it and sometimes I can't. So this one I got through was fine. Right. I, you know, when I first saw there was 14 songs, I'm like, that's hefty. <laughs> it is. It's oh, 55 yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah. It is and long. I'm just like, geez. Um, I, I listened to it twice. Wow. Um, I think my impressions were it's kind of all over the roadmap as far as music goes. I mean, it is like when I was listening to it, I, my thoughts kind of went to 21 pilots to Mumford and sons to a local group here called hippocampus. Oh, I love uh, hippocampus. Yeah. I do too. They're yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's all over the board. Yeah. I thought Eminem it's weird though. Like his I, actually even uh, Justin Timberlake, I it just, sure. Mm-hmm. I don't always think his voice matches his music, if that makes sense. Like, mm. I think he's his he's trying to blend almost a poppy sound to like, you know, I was surprised at some of the lyrics and use of uh, language, curse words and stuff. And I'm like, it almost seems to be out of his element. I don't know who the, you know, I don't know what his background is. I don't know anything about him, but I just find it interesting because the wordplay, I mean, like you said, it sound, he sounds like a nice guy. It kind of comes through his music, <laughs> but that he's trying to be hardcore. And I'm like, it doesn't seem that that would fit his personality. It kind of, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I know that he grew up, I believe, on Staten Island. So it more is like, uh, like the urban city probably had big influence from New York style, stuff like that. So okay. that maybe is the reason why you're feeling, you're hearing some of those pulls in. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know. I, I thought it was okay. I think there were some songs in there that definitely have potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is something I would just throw on, basically. But I think, uh, was it like, you know, like the '80s films song was it wasn't bad. I think the uh, was it the maybe I don't know song was okay. I like the the guillotine guillotine song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just just a lot seemed to be kind of disconnected and. It just seemed like he was kind of searching for a sound to make it his own, but hasn't quite gotten there yet. So uh, on Spotify, he says that his biggest influences are uh, Justin Timberland, Pharrell Williams, Jay Dilla and Eminem. So, okay. so there you go. You named a couple of them in your, yeah. <laughs> so you picked them out pretty good. Not so bad there. Mr. Well, Lappy. Thank you. Yeah. I can hear the Pharrell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, it's like, but that's the thing. It's like, I think when you listen to that, it's like, you don't, and I don't know, maybe his other albums he's put out and stuff, but there's not a signature sound that would say, like, oh, yeah, that's, I can tell that's him, you know, as opposed to like bringing all these other bands in and going, oh, I can see where he picked from this or from that or from this and kind of sprinkled it in his own stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a fair assumption of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I still gave you a five, Matt. Not bad. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, it's probably about as high as you're going to get. So, <laughs> except mean, for a few, you've gotten a say, few I, better ones. I, I've always gotten a few. 
but you get you get your hits and misses, but you get this one was okay. Yeah. So let's uh let's go to Brent's albums now that we're about halfway through. Actually, we're already in an hour, aren't we? Holy crap. Uh, no, we're under an hour still. Well, we barely. started out we started like like uh we're at about 40 minutes in right now. Oh Jesus. <laughs> All right, bad. so so uh, let's, let's just start top to bottom, right? Or do you want to go bottom to up? Which well, you got to go five to one. Okay, so we'll go five to one. So number five then is Tears for Fear song for the big chair. Yeah. So that's not the uh, good because the last album we talk about is the one I really want to talk about. So so do I. Um, so Tears for Fear songs from the big chair. You know, this was funny, Brent. It was just kind of ironic. But two weeks ago, Tears for Fears actually had a new album come out first time oh. they've been together in 17 years and i did a review on it wasn't terrible um, okay wasn't was bad cute. it was you know a little bit more growing up tears for fears but it was pretty good uh okay. obviously this is their bread and butter from this album again another 85 release excellent 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 album um you know i just if you're a collector of albums or collector of music this one's got to be in there somewhere I don't care. You just got to have it there. I mean, it's just, it's just an iconic piece of that time frame. It just explained the, the time period of the change from, you know, the, cause you really had hair metal and glam metal going full bore. And then you had the influence of the British invasion with the, with the new age and the new wave or whatever you want to call it. That was really getting, you know, really started early in the eighties. And then at the time that this came out, it just exploded. Again, another MTV thing that really helped it with uh, 120 minutes, things like that. Yep. Um, little shows like that that brought in all of the the over, from over the pond, everybody from there that side coming over here. It was just a weird time, a frame uh, of music, and um, I mean that's what really made the 80s just such a vast. I mean, it was just a hodgepodge of everything. It was a cornucopia of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it really was. All, it was all over the board. I mean, everybody wants to rule the world. 715 million plays from an 85. Fantastic album. song. Okay. So, I mean, it, it apparently has crossed over different genres, generations, things like that. I mean, you don't get 715 million plays from a 1980s album. You just don't. But this one does. Wow. So, I mean, this is a, this is a great album. I'm glad you brought it. I know that we grew up around the same time, so we knew... You know, my influences were a little different than yours, but for right. this, we crosses we cross over in in many different areas, and this is one of those. So, uh, this one's definitely an eight and a half out of ten for me. I love this album. I had fun listening to it again on on vinyl. I, I probably play it about every two or three months just because it's a great album. Uh, I will piggyback off of Jeff here. Uh, this is fun. I, I, I do enjoy this album a lot. Um, I know that we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I love the British invasion when it came to about punk just in the late 70s, early 80s. And this uh, coming through it, I've heard it before. I've listened to it. And every single time I enjoy it a lot. Uh, the only problem is, is uh, anytime that I hear shout, I think of the TV show Psych. If you guys have ever seen Psych. <laughs> They do a performance with, uh, I, don't, I don't know why, but it's just a performance that they do. And it's it's just to the song shout and I can't get it out of my head, but I love it any second because that is a fantastic show anyways. But 
I mean, Jeff said it. Shout, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and Head Over Heels uh, are fantastic songs. Um, obviously, you can see, if you're looking at Spotify currently, the play differential between those three compared to the other. Uh, they're all sitting over at least 20 million plays, and then after that, it drops down to seven. So, oh. uh, But each, each and every single song still has over four million plays, which is it's impressive for uh, a 1985 release. Um, for sure. And, and these guys, if you look at it, they're uh, 10 million monthly listeners. 10 yeah. million people around the world listen to them once a month at least on Spotify alone. That is wow. a massive arcing uh, pull that they have. Right. And in the, they are, I would say they're pretty influential uh, in a sense that they came in, they made a smaller album at eight songs, but yet they had longer songs on it. They were able to play with those tracks in a different way that you, I don't know if you were seeing in that time. I, I can't speak. Well, you had to because it was back in the vinyl day. You had to fit it on two sides of vinyl. Yeah. So like you're looking at it, uh, head over heels and bro and listen, they're five and six minutes respectively, but you have or head over heels and listen, but then you have shout. broken. That's two and a half minutes. But I shout, Yeah. But shout is what? Six over six minutes. Yeah. It, it, so it, the, the differential between these track lengths is kind of interesting. You're going anywhere from two and a half minutes to six and a half minutes. But I mean, you're sitting around that five minute, four minute mark. So, okay. So Brent, why did, why was this one so important for you? I mean, what, what happened or what I'm trying to figure out why the reasoning for having this album on your list? I mean, it has some sentimental value. Does it have, is it just something maybe you discovered on your own? Is it something your brother or your sister brought? Okay, kind well, of curious. I, yeah, well, again, MTV generation. So, you know, I certainly saw the video for, uh, you know, everyone wants to rule the world. And, you know, I, I actually learned like the uh, little dance portion in there that the, uh, <laughs> the African-American were doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it has such a great sound. And, you know, I think even one of the, the songs off there you didn't mention, uh, mention which is... Uh, mother's talk yep. is just you know it's really the one thing i think is so weird about bands from the 80s and i don't know if they really do this anymore now but you had bands that would release you know they'd have a song in their album and then they'd have a radio edit and then they'd have like a video edit and so the same song you'd see on mtv or listening to mtv wasn't the same song that would be on the album right so it's really interesting because like even that song, Mother's Talk, is so much faster in a video version of it than on the album. So um, I just think my connection to it is it just, you know, again, you talk about forming interests and tastes. And that was one of the first albums I really kind of grabbed onto and like, yeah, I like this and kind of set me off on my adventure of, of music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, we all have those. We do. We definitely all have one of those albums that just kind of grab you. Can't yeah. explain why, but it just grabs you. Right. And again, it's different from what my brother and my sister were listening to. Right. So, so it was a little bit more of a rebellious, but not quite. Right. But it was was nice to listen to. I don't know how else to put it. No, it, <laughs> it's not. I mean, that's it's just everybody's personal preference. But sometimes it's usually a, it can be from rebellion. It could be from, you know, a, a, a girl or a, a significant a significant other. Right. Uh, you know, there, there could be that involved. I mean, there's just, there's so many reasons, but 
you know, it, it's funny that once, once you listen to it and you grasp on, I mean, you, you, it, you just have your favorite albums and that that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. No, definitely. It's, like, it's almost like uh, comfort food, but it's comfort music. Right. Very much no, so. Totally. And, you know, you know, before you continue on the, on the list, but I will say that there was two bands that, that are probably my all time favorite that I did not include in this album list, which is Depeche Mode and Police slash Sting. I just couldn't choose an album. <laughs> so I'm almost like, <laughs> well, and I, I'm with you there. I, I do love the police. I love Sting and I do like Depeche Mode. So, I mean, you could have you could have put anything on here and it would have been fine. Yeah, but you know, I was just trying to stick to you know one because I realized that some of the uh, CDs music that I like were compilations rather than just a single album, and so I'm like, I'm just going to try. It's a little go, tougher. Yeah, you know, just go single album and and see what I could come up with. So, cool. All right, well, let's go on to the next one, which is Sade, Diamond Life. Very Sade. interesting. Very interesting woman. I got to uh, tell you, this one doesn't fit. This, Yeah, this was out of left field because I was going one through five. And and when because I, I knew the last one. And so I was like, OK, this is probably going to fit in just like that. And uh, I wasn't expecting a, what, a reggae-esque sound um, of an album. I, I feel like there's a lot of like reggae influence and like even 70s uh, it's, influence. OK, so this would be more of a jazz, Matt. OK, well, there, yeah. This is a soulful jazz for the most part. Kind of blues, a little bit of pop in there, but mostly jazz. And I mean, I've heard "Smooth Operator" before. Yep, because I mean that's which, just a that's a massive hit. Which is funny, it's not the biggest album, a biggest song played off that album uh, by a long shot. Well, that's because the single version has 176 million plays, but the one on the album only has 17 oh, million. Oh, that's why. So I was wondering is. why that was. I'm like, how the hell is that? I was curious too because I'm only oh my god, that makes more plays. sense now. The single version has 176 oh, that, million. That that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that kind of kind of killed my little <laughs> your little spiel. Hold on, delete, 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 delete. Yeah, little... no kidding. <laughs> I mean, okay, but realistically, even between Smooth Operator and uh, what's the other big song that she had? Yeah, Love Hold is on, King. On. Love is King. I mean, that's they're great songs. I mean, she has got. I would call her a tenor voice. I wouldn't call it soprano. I would call her more of a tenor, uh, which more plays toward the jazz smooth side of a, of a jazz album. Anyway, you don't want a soprano on a jazz song. You really just don't. So you want it to be smooth, right? You want to do smooth and, and, and this one fits the bill. I mean, there's, I've, I've really actually tried to find this album. I've been looking for it. I don't want to buy it new because I'm not that hip on it, but I definitely want it in my collection at some point. So at some point I will find it and have it, but I mean, it's, it's a fun album. Um, it's very calming, very soothing. Her vocals and the jazz undertones are phenomenal. Um, but you know, it's just, it, it's one of those you get, there's a couple great songs and there's a couple, you know, eh, ish songs. So um, that's why I don't want to buy it new. Cause I'm really not going to spend $30 on a brand new one, but you know, I might give, uh, you know, seven or $10 for a used one. So I might do that. And just to have it listened to and just to hear it on vinyl would be really cool. So, I mean, I still gave it a five. I think it's, it's a middle of the road album for me. It's, it's um, not in my normal uh, listening rotation, but uh, there are a few good songs on there. Like smooth operator, your love is your king is, is great. 
you know, um, when, when I'm going to make a living was kind of another fun one. I like that one too. So, but you know, there was a couple good ones, so it wasn't so bad, but I, this one, I want to really hear your side of this one because I'm kind of curious because the rest of your stuff doesn't fit anything like this. I mean, sting, I get it. Okay. I mean, and, and, you know, Depeche mode based on the other ones we're going to talk about absolutely fit. Yep. This one does not. I mean, and, and, and I'm, I, I, I'll be the first to admit that I, I have those weird, obscure, weird things that I like, but they just fit. And, and maybe this is one of those. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that this is, you know, I, like I said, my musical taste does kind of run, it's varied. And so like, you know, when I heard her voice and just, she's got a great voice. I mean, it's just amazing. And just to sit there and I guess it's one of those um, albums, like I have two of her albums and you can just put it on, kick back, relax, and just let it wash over you and just not have to think about it too much. You know, you know, you guys said that every song isn't like a 10 or whatever else, but I just, the general feel of the album, the general sound of it's just smooth. It's like, you want to relax, put it on, kick back the drink or right. take, a, take a bath. You just kind of get lost with her voice. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's what you do. That's just one of those. Yep. It's easy to get lost listening to her because it's just, it's just, you just get in a trance and you're just like, you're, oh, it's soothing. It's comforting. Right. Right. You know, it's like a, it's like a blanket or something, you know, right. you, can just, right. you know, put it on and just, you know, puts you in a good place. I think, even though she's can be talking about some really kind of, uh, you know, violent things, you know, about mm -hmm. affairs and, you know being beaten and stuff like that and it's like wow that's you know you don't really realize what she's talking about or what she's singing about until you listen to it a couple of times you're like whoa there's some right some meat on that bone there so. exactly exactly mm -hmm. all right matt your take on this one uh... <laughs> it's it's hard to get into it um it is it's different it's this, it, that's why it it's different. challenging for you I, I wouldn't say it's challenging. I would just say I didn't care for it. I would say that majority of these albums were challenging for you. No. Oh, surprising. Um, the, the ones coming up, we'll talk about a little bit more. There is another one that is challenging, but this one, I just didn't care for it. it there was nothing that really pulled me in. It, 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 at points, it just seems like if you take out the vocals and you dull down the beat a little bit, it's elevator music. And that's kind of where it lost me. Was that, yes, it is It is calming, it is slow, but the only reason why it's even relevant in today when we're talking about it is because that her voice is good. Like, she has great vocal skill and lyrical skill, yes. But you can see even in some of those songs like Jeff was talking about, there are some songs where it's just, I, I don't care for it. Um and it's something that I'll be thrown to the wayside, unfortunately. Uh, this this was a four. Um, I think there are some fun to it, and it was short, um, yeah. so that does help a little bit. But I, the, there were things where I enjoyed it, but there are points where I was just listening to it, and I didn't even realize it went to the next song. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, I've had a few kind of those years, together. Matt. Don't worry. Oh yeah, I know you have. Uh, my music is completely, you heard my, one of my favorite songs lately in Doja. It's completely different. Yeah. Well, but, this was released in 84, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's interesting, but 
I don't it's know. Kind of one of those that'll it it stands the test of time. It was maybe a little ahead of its time. I don't know if I would call it that. Oh, I definitely would. <laughs> uh, All right, it was there. Uh, this right. is the the next one that we're going to talk about is the other one that I did not like. Uh, just really? to put it out there, I enjoy Nine Inch Nails. I enjoy some of their other work. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure you picked. It's very interesting. Yeah, you picked one of their more obscure ones. One that that was hard to get through for me. Okay, when you think of Nine Inch Nails, you're thinking Downward Spiral, White Speed, White Teeth, and Fragile. Those are the big three when you think of Nine Inch Nails. This is their debut album five years before they got, I would say, before they had more of their hits with Downward Spiral, with like Closer and Hurt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear Brent's take on this one, and then I'm going to throw a lot of big twists into it. Because there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than Matt even really understands with, with Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. Probably. Mm-hmm. So, you, Brent, you take it away, and then I'm going to fill in, because there's a lot more on the back end that Maybe you don't even know. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I, I you know, again, in a MTV generation, you know, this was uh, Head Like a Hole was played on MTV and stuff. That's how I kind of got into it. But I, yeah, he's just, it's probably one of the angriest albums I've ever listened to. I mean, it just, it's a lot of, <laughs> anger, a lot of angst, a lot of energy, just a lot of, ugh, you know, and a raw emotion. And I, I think, you know, whenever I've been uh, upset about something or want to put something on that just has a lot of emotion going on behind it and a, a beat and just, it's it's amazing. I, I don't think there's a track on there that I don't like. You know, I'm sure there's more, you know, ones that are I like more than others, but it just, mm-hmm. it's very bombastic. It's very aggressive. And um, it's, yeah, it just yeah i don't know it just i like it <laughs> so okay so here's here's a little bit background on this trent Reznor, who is basically is nine inch nails he yeah. does everything he plays sings everything mm-hmm. however he was also one of the initial artists to use a, a program that is is basically made every current artist popular which is called pro tools Pro Tools came out in the late 80s and industry-wide was really shunned upon because it was all electronic beats. It was all electronic. It was no, there was no, it was, they were afraid that it was going to take over session artists. Which is so Pro Tools was Pro Tools, but it also allowed you to alter voices. Pro Tools was what everybody uses version today, which is probably a newer version of it. However, <laughs> Trent Reznor was the initiator of using Pro Tools on an album. Now, now here's the question. Are you happy or sad about that? Um, because for, you have clowned on for me. For Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> I'm happy. You have clowned else, on me for using, uh, for bringing in artists that have electronic style beats under it. And you say, this is garbage. This quote unquote isn't music. You've said <laughs> that isn't. before. But, the, but there is so, other things so that he Trent Reznor and uh, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, uh, what? Okay, let's 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 pick out Taylor Swift. You've heard her sing live versus what you hear on her album. Right. You know that her voice is altered. Pro Tools is one of those things you can do. It can That's work both ways. You can use it for a benefit, or you can use it for money. Let's go with that because 
you can make anybody sound like a rock star with Pro Tools. Now, mm-hmm. Reznor didn't use it that way. He used it for the drum beats because he couldn't play the drums. And he didn't want to hire a drummer, so he used Pro Tools to play the drums. That's oh. the only reason he used it. However, it scared the shit out of the record industry back in the day because it was going to change and change everything from an analog system to a digital system. And it wow. really did. 100% it did. Most of the sessions that you're seeing now. But, but this, is, John this is the album. <laughs> this is the album that came out with the use of Pro Tools. Hmm. So there's a little bit more background on this one. Kind of like the when I gave you Two Live Crew, there was a lot more to that one because that album sucked. This album actually is pretty good. <laughs> Two Live Crew's album was terrible. So I gave him, I gave him a, as, as bad as you want to be or whatever, as ugly as you want to be or whatever it was. I mean, the album's terrible, but I made him listen to it because of the fact that it really opened up his artist. I mean, even that one we listened to today, you could hear the swear words. Without Two Live Crew, you wouldn't have that today. Right. Right. No, that was, uh, yeah, no, it was. But Trent Reznor is the same right. way. With Nine Inch Nails, without this, you wouldn't have some of your electronic beats today. They were there, but they were not as widely used until they got to Pro Tools. And Pro Tools was only on a Mac back then. Huh. Well, I mean, most uh, most music producers currently still only use MacBook. Right. I mean, that's what they're good for. Yeah, they're really good for programming and for uh, music production. Like that's so, where I mean, you have to use them, basically. Right. So this is really a revolution revolutionary album, whether you like it or not. It has its it has its place in history. Not. <laughs> I will say, yeah. I mean, that is that is actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was the first electronic DJ, basically. Yeah, but I mean... Because he could be creative without having to wait for others to assist him. He didn't have to hire other people. He could do it on his own. He could produce his own. Everything was him. You see other bands that are currently doing that. Uh, Tame Impala is another one that is pretty massive, where their lead singer on tour actually does all of the production and every single instrument that you hear on the album. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, I can't remember the dude's, dude's name, but Tame Impala but, is one of the bigger bands uh, like in the indie scene, does right. the same thing. So that's, there's probably inspiration coming from what Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor did. Right, and, and I think I, on this album, I think the first three songs were released as singles. Um, I, I actually have never listened to this whole album until now. Oh, really? Yeah, this was the first time I've actually listened. To, I mean, I knew about this album. I knew about the songs, but I only picked it out for the songs. I've never listened to the album. And, and the same goes with Downward Spiral. I mean, that was the one that came out in 94. This one was released in 89. I yep. mean, Downward Spiral was a little darker, more twisted, and a little more um, edgy, let's call it. And I think that really opened up, especially with the video for uh, what the, his, um, with the one that they kept banning on MTV because it was too pornographic. Oh, um, I want to F you closer. like an animal or yeah. whatever. Was it closer? Closer, yes. Yes. Yep. So. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they had to ban, they black out certain scenes and, and things like that because it was too weird and and yeah, very much so. And, it, but it altered, it, it was, it, it, it was on also on the edge of like bestiality. Right. It was just, it was just weird. And, 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 you know, Trent being very, um, unique individual, which he could do this. I mean, it, it just kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit, even with that next album. I mean, these two albums really are are what really set up electronic. I would say almost EDM to a point. 
you know, it's weird too, is one of his influences was uh, Gary Newman, who also did the uh, song Cars. Yep, but he was more a synthesizer based and not a Pro Tools type deal. But but very similar. I mean, it was all electronic sound, but yes. Yeah. And and, and the Gary Newman, that Cars is, is an awesome song, but if you listen to Gary Newman as a whole, yeah. ugh, he's tough. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. So, but anyway, I gave you a seven on this one. I love this one. I mean, this was good. I, I, I do own Downward Spiral on vinyl. I do not have this one yet. I will be looking for this one. So nice. Interesting. So your, that's not my biggest one of the week because that's actually coming up pretty soon here. Your next <laughs> it's not one. not the next one either. Uh, I, we all know it's the first one. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but your, your album coming in at number three here, I believe. Number two. U- oh, number two. It's U2's yep. October. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, this is another interesting pick for me uh, because when I think about U2, I don't think about the album October. I think of the album War. I think of Joshua Tree and the Unforgettable Fire. Those are the ones that really uh, that come to your head right away when you're talking about U2. Um, or even Boy before this is another one that you stands out more than October. I've listened to U2 before. I enjoy U2. I didn't know that this album even existed, to say the least. Um, and I didn't mind it. I think that there were some songs that stood out compared to others. Uh, I think Glory on October, obviously, being the bigger played ones and the, the most standing out. But even the, the second half of this album, it, you get the, you know, U2 revolution kind of sound with, uh, with a shout for Jerusalem, or with a shout Jerusalem, um, Stranger in a Strange Land. You're getting their, U2 hasn't shied away from their political ideology at all. That is one thing that they are, they're confident with and they're proud of. Um and, and you're hearing it on this, and I didn't mind it at all. I actually quite enjoyed it. And this album was actually pretty fun as a whole, uh, from front to back. I it was a good listen. So Brent, I mean, I mean, this one came out when we were ten. <laughs> so I mean, I gotta I gotta figure that this one may have come to you later in life, other than when it was released. Uh, older sister. Ah, okay. So she was big into youtube big before like um like for her like the unforgettable fire was you know like she had war she had october uh, unforgettable fire that's kind of where it plateaued for her for you two like um joshua tree she's like eh. <laughs> um, yeah they started getting a little a lot more political then i well, do i think joshua tree is my favorite yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that, you know, and, and I think I think that thing for her was that it became a lot more mass appeal. Um, mm. That album, you know, it was like their breakthrough album, you know, where it just went, exploded and, you know, got them to where um, they are basically are today, you know. Um, but I, I think their early stuff is a lot more raw, you know, that sure. U2 sound hasn't been really defined yet. And they have a lot more uh, hard rock music in there, too, which... You know, you think like Gloria, it's a lot heavy guitar to it. And, um, you know, like even, um, like you said, October or um, with the shout, you know, I mean, it just, I, it's a solid album. Again, U2, I have a lot of their albums. I was kind of trying to go through and find one that I just think is solid from, you know, beginning to end that's maybe not everybody's really heard of. Um, and I just, yeah, I really like that album. It was between that and War. And I thought, eh, you, you know, October. 
I don't think you could have gone wrong with either one. But I, I think the more importance to October is it really set. Now, honestly, I didn't know that it was actually released before war. I thought that war was released before this one. Okay. So I, I'm guessing that, you know, in listening to October again, and I do own it on vinyl, um, it really sets up what's to come. Oh, yeah. Now, you can hear that. Was this their best that. album? No. However, it's setting up what is to come with War, Unforgettable Fire, and The Joshua Tree. I mean, those three albums right after that, phenomenal. You could have picked any one of those four. But this one really has a lot of importance, at least from what I can understand or what I got out of this was it started off a little slow, but then toward the end, like you said, you brought in the political figures and they, they were some of the more popular ones. And they say, hey, we've got something here. Now we're going to go on right war, which really is basically all political. Mm -hmm. And they shied away from the other stuff that they had developed between boy and October and went that direction. But it, it was setting up what was to come. This is what a was, metal kind of album. Yeah. Like but uh, it, metal for Pink by Pink Floyd. Where, yes, uh, it was setting up Dark Side, but metal mm -hmm. setting up Dark Side. You bet. You could hear you could hear the band's transition in the album from the start to finish. You can hear the difference in writing, the difference in song making, the difference in everything. You could hear it as it was. You know, you're you're kind of seeing them uh, grow up, progress, um, and 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 not being a teenager because I believe when they released Boy, which was in what 1980 or 79, 80, I believe they were still in high school or very just got out of high school. Yeah, I think they're really close to the that year teenagers basically yeah late teens very late teens but you know it's like it's interesting they are a product of their time too because like ireland was super depressed and i can't remember if they're from northern ireland or if they're um they're from uh southern dublin okay but still you know they have all that politics and mm -hmm. depression and you know all that kind of stuff that was surrounding them at that time and um you know the other thing too that really amazes me is that they're a christian rock band and <laughs> yeah when you listen to a lot of their lyrics and you know that definitely comes through but i always said they somehow got the formula of making that cool yeah and one of the, no one of the band how. members was not christian that was it i couldn't remember which one it was one of the four is non-christian oh really yep huh but i think what Bono they have was, christian, uh, they have christian, a lot of christian undertones yeah yeah so i mean it's interesting how they weave that in like you said into the politics and whatever else and they I guess that mm -hmm. they figured out how to combine all that stuff together. So, yeah, very I mean, U2's, the, U2's pretty much solidified their place in history. I mean, they're oh, yeah. they're a mega band. I mean, they're oh, just, yeah. there's no doubt about it. So, I mean, this one's not one of my favorites. However, it does. I, I got a better, I got a better understanding actually listening to it a couple times for this. I got a better understanding of where it fit once I figured out that it was actually released before war. It made a lot more sense. But the first time you listen to it, it just it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, but when you when you look at the con the chronological order of which mm -hmm. these albums were released, it makes a ton of sense now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it and it's it and it's really their importance of where it was placed as to what's to come. Well, and I think too, it's also really interesting when you look at like Octoon Baby when that came out, and how that to me sounds a lot more like the earlier stuff than mm -hmm. the stuff they did in between. You know, like with Zuropa and all the other kind of stuff yeah and they did the rattle and hum and that was kind of weird zero yeah octung and then pop uh, i mean it, yeah I, I guess there was a lot of weird stuff in there yeah 
but the good news is we, I mean, we just they, they can earlier. get away with it they're, they're that big they can get away with with experimental albums basically is what they yeah. were they, they might be a couple misses but to, to the diehard fan they're going to be huge mega hits anyway right right that's so. fair all right so I, I gave it a six i mean it's not my favorite but it's not bad i think it, i think it has a lot more importance to me because of the fact that i know where it sits in the chronological order i also gave it a six fair enough mm-hmm. all right brent i the band <laughs> called electronic yes never ever ever heard of them ever really me neither okay so how did you hear about them i knew about them because i was really into new order which i did not put on here and you i also like the catch up boys which i did not put on here and so like with new order they have a lot of other bands called like the other two monaco um this band so this band actually is like a super group because it has the lead singer of New Order, has the two guys from Pet Shop Boys, has Johnny Marr. Um, from the Smiths. From the Smiths. And I think there's one more, and I can't think of who that is. But uh, it's, so I'm like, the best way to combine those two bands into one, and I like that sound, was electronic. And I think they only came out with one album, maybe two. I think they had a second. Okay. However, this was released in 1991. What other album was released in 1991 that completely changed the direction of music? Oh, you're talking about... Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, I was going to say Nirvana. Yeah. Never mind. Also hit in 1991. What killed New Age Pop? Nirvana. Yep. At the same time this thing was coming out. It got lost. It completely got lost. This was fun. <laughs> I love this. This really? was a lot of fun. I love this album. So wow. There's a lot of things on here that whether well, you you kind of touched on it already. A, it's the first of the supergroups. It's the first album of major headlining bands that got together to form another band. So you have a first here of the supergroups. The lead singer, which blew my mind of where I heard it from, and I had to look it up. It's the Pet Shop Boys. I love the Pet Shop Boys. I didn't even know this album exists. (laughs) Now, I'm not a huge fan of New Order, although there is some cool stuff there. I think they were just a little too edgy for me. The same okay. thing with the Smiths. I am not a Morrissey fan. Okay. He drives me nuts. <laughs> well, um, I just I just can't get past his voice. However, <laughs> these guys together, phenomenal. Loved it. I I I was trying to figure out where they fit in the 80s sound. And I I threw them in. This is what I came up with. Uh, Depeche Mode, which is now my second reference back to Depeche Mode this week. Yep. And <laughs> Midnight Oil. Interesting. I could see that. I could definitely see that. There's some stuff in there. Okay, so you get a little bit of the Depeche Mode, a lot more Depeche Mode than Midnight Oil, but a little bit of that twist, and that's coming from the Smiths and uh, New Order, because New Order was more of a, I want to call it more of a rocky, 
um, not so much of a flowy stuff. It was more of a edgy type of music. They were punk. I mean, yeah, that's they were they, they were borderline. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, mean, I would say they're borderline punk. But they they weren't. They didn't really fit that mold. They didn't fit the punk mold. They kind of fit in between. But that this was the, this. So it, it drove me crazy. It's like I know this lead singer. I know this voice. I, I <laughs> and I could not. I could not figure out who this was. I had to actually Google it, figure it out. Like, okay. what the hell is this band? I have never heard of them. I love the sound. Why have I never heard of it? Right. I never heard of it. Wow. That was crazy. But anyway, so that was that was my big things. Basically saying your first super group, and you basically threw me for a loop with the voices because I couldn't figure out who it was. And then I when I heard when I heard it, I'm like, oh my God, the light bulbs went off. And I'm like, oh, that's what exactly where it is. I mean, it was it was okay. his shot, his voice to a T. So yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I'm so glad that that was the one you brought. Good, because I would it would have never, I would have never ever looked that album up, <laughs> ever. Well, I'm glad I could provide uh, something completely <laughs> new and different. It was now. fun. It was really fun to figure it out. I mean, you you kind of touched on it with the supergroup because it really was the first supergroup. I think I think this album in a whole kind of scratched an itch I didn't know I had. Uh, I, I I do enjoy a lot of electronic music, uh, current age like EDM stuff like that. I also you could see me looking back and enjoying some of the other pop of the '80s sound. I love Wham. I think Wham is a fun group. I love uh, and but I mean even going back even more, you see me enjoying like Pink Floyd and like Rush. But coming into this, I didn't know what to expect. I, I've never heard, I will, I'm not going to lie, I've never heard of New World Order. Um, so that is something I'm probably going to have to look up after this. But no, it's not New World, it's just called New Order. New yes. Order? New Order. New World Order, NWO, that's WWE. Oh yeah, my goodness. This is New yeah. Order. <laughs> new World Order. That's, you know, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, big wrestling. And you can look up Pet Shop too. Boys too, because once you listen to Pet Shop Boys, this album makes a lot more sense. I, I loved this. Like, I, I was sitting there listening to it, and each one, I was like, Oh, this is fun. I like this. Uh, and at each song, it changed it up enough. But the the voice, albeit it's a little bit more monotone coming through, but it fits. It fits in this song style. Like it, it lets the beat kind of carry it more and like the, the what they're doing with the instruments underneath. But the, the voice still has a good spot where it is. And I thought it, it was fantastic. Uh, idiot country reality getting away with it uh try it all you want those are fantastic songs that are now in my rotation to listen to so wow. i there mean you go brent you yeah it, crack, it, it, it was it was nuts <laughs> how much i actually really enjoyed this which is also almost scary <laughs> why is it scary huh because this is not you i mean it is but it's not it, it, it is and it's not i Matt, love this is this is the stuff shit. that set up your stuff now i know it is you, you have to realize that you i have to I, go I'm back and get your get your founding base so anything in early to mid 80s all the way until now well i, I mean, mean even then like i enjoyed depeche mode i like alan parsons project you're seeing other artists that probably are influencing new order and things like that but uh coming i just didn't even know that this was a thing i i was just shocked I didn't know it was either until I had to look it up and I figured out who it, first I had to figure out who it was singing. Once I figured that out and I saw the other people that were in the band, I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> and then they, and then the reference of super group. And then one of the first super group, I'm like, son of a bitch. 
but yeah, they didn't last long because everybody went back to their old bands and that was it. Right. Right. And, and, and you can see, okay, so this was 91. I mean, not too long after you had both temple of the dog and you had, uh, what was the other version of that? Um, good Lord. Uh, well, temple of the dog was the big one, but the, there was another one, uh, that had Allison Chains guys in it, but anyway, black dog? no, or, uh, temple of the dog was, is that the black hole sun? Oh no, that's Soundgarden. Soundgarden, sorry. But but the other one had I I can't remember the other names. I I have it too. I just it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll have it figured out once we get done talking about it. But um, I mean, this was really the setup for those type of bands to come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and and those were formed in the mid '90s when everybody had gotten past their rush of their first albums and their popularity. And I was like, hey, we want to change it up a little bit and maybe take a little break. And hey, you know, we're hanging out with all these other guys and. Well, let's just form a this side group, and then all of a sudden you got all these little side groups that go on, and and and, and then you know, and then they all, you know, they put out one or two albums. Hey, that was fun. Oh, I'm gonna go back to my old band, and right. that's what they do. But th- this band, this this electronic, was really the one of the first super groups that was that was formed out of the '80s groups of those three bands into one. Right, and uh, you know, one of the things too, I mean, you get a chance to go back and listen to New Order and stuff. They're they came out of another band called Joy Division. Oh, yeah. sure. Yep. And so Joy Division changed their name to New Order when they their uh, lead singer committed suicide. So they wanted to still continue on, but obviously they kind of changed their sound to different, you know, I think to separate themselves from that other band. So. Oh. so the other band that I was referring to was called Mad Season. Oh, okay. Mad Season was also a super group. Of members of, I believe, Allison Chains, um, Soundgarden, a bunch of Seattle. So basically, Seattle bands forming bands with other Seattle band members. I mean, that's just the way it was. They were all friends back in the day. I mean, there's so many documentaries that you can listen to or and talk about or read about. But you know, they were all they were all sharing stuff. They were all hanging out together. They were all uh, they all knew each other. And they all admired each other. So mm-hmm. it was a great time when that came out, as grunge came out, you know, then they could do all these super groups on the side. So interesting. Yeah. Fun, 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 fun. I just, this was a, uh, when it got to that album, I'm like, he just doesn't know it, but that really had a huge impact of what we have in modern music. And, and nobody even knows about that album. So yeah, that's weird. I mean, yeah, I mean, to me, you know, obviously I know it. I still listen to it today, you know, so it's kind of, uh, I'm glad I was able to, you know, provide something for you guys to listen to that's a difference. And uh, yet also, you know, again, be able to, you share what you like, right? Isn't that what they say? So, well, and that's mm-hmm. the whole premise of having this is Matt and I get to listen to music that we probably would never, ever <laughs> listen to. Yeah. And, and we get to challenge our guests too, because sometimes we'll give them something that maybe way outside of something they're not comfortable listening to and they may or may not like it, but at least you get that influence of saying, all right, I've listened to it. I'm not a fan or, Hey, maybe that's something I need to explore a little bit more. And especially if you're a music fan, you could really go out and take a look at what's available from artists or similar artists and go from there. And it's, it's just that much. It, it just opens up. It allows everybody in general, just to open up a little bit. And just instead of focusing on that small box, you get into a, a much larger box that you may not even know that you like. Yep. 
So it's it's fun. And I mean, that's really what the whole premise of this is just to expand our horizons uh, as far as our listening preferences, more for me to get some of the newer bands and for Matt to appreciate some of the stuff that I grew up with Mm -hmm. so that when his kids come around and he can pass it on to the next generation, he can do the same with his kids. So. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's cool. And, you know, it's an awesome thing that you, you're doing this. So, you know, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And now that it's out there, it's going to be out there forever. <laughs> yeah, so we're coming up almost on two years. I think we started this in July of 2020, didn't we? Yeah, during uh, when I was still uh, at home because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It started as a pandemic started. project. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still going. So, you know, that's that's awesome. That mm-hmm. uh, That's kudos to you guys. So, well, like Beck said, it's two turntables and a microphone. It's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh God, I have been waiting to throw something like that out there. Oh all right. Well, that's all we have on this episode of Pause Music. Don't forget <laughs> to follow us on Facebook by searching Pause Music Podcast. Um, Brent, I just want to thank you again. This was fantastic. I got to listen to some new stuff that I haven't listened to before. And it was really interesting, to say the least. Good. I'm I'm glad I was able to provide something a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. And Brent always delivers. Always delivers. Fair enough. Thank you. (laughs) Out of the ordinary, that's Brent, right? I'm available. (laughs) We might have to. That might be fun. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm Matt. And I'm Jeff, and we're out of here. See you guys.